You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order yours today at picassospizza.net. All from memory. No read in front of me, Jay Spencer King. <laughs> My name is Joe Miller. I am uh, one of the hosts of this year's show, Hump Day Hotline, sitting next to me right there. Well, not really. We're actually we're actually about as far apart as we can get right now. If you were in L.A., it'd be farther, but with me being in New York City. Uh, but that over there is Jay Spencer King. Jay Spencer King, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I got a little nap in, so that helps. Oh, that's, <laughs> how that you is, doing, man? You, you, internet, or I, it's New York, so I can't say internet, but, you know, I was about to hit you with, like, the international <laughs> Joe nickname or something like that. You've been traveling a lot lately, man. Toronto, yeah, New York City. What's next, yeah, man? So, so Toronto would be, was that international? That would be international yeah, travel, international. right? That's what Toronto, yeah, yeah just, just, just the job. The new job has been uh, kind of... A little bit all over the place as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, so I'll be in New York City for the next couple of days, which was probably the mis- the biggest mistake that I have made. And my boss, actually, I, I was texting him today because I don't know if you've heard, but well, you, I'm sure you have. We're expected to get somewhere from three feet to six feet of snow by, by Friday night. <laughs> and I fly back Friday night. So I was texting my boss today, and I was like, I think I'm going to get stuck. I think I'm going to get stranded in New York City. And he's in Texas. He's like, why? And I'm like, have you not been watching the news? Um, so, yeah, I might uh, I might be here till Saturday or Sunday. We'll have to see how that, uh, that whole thing works out. But uh, welcome, everybody, into the show. So good to have you. Uh, Jay Spencer King is going through all the different people. I see T. Estelle is in the room. My sister Jamie's in the room. My mom is in the room. Pam is in the room. Uh, I know Richard time. Brush. Yeah, she's on time. <laughs> Richard Rush. Well, it's because we started an hour late. So, and yeah. I apologize for that. The reason we started an hour late for everybody that's tuned in live, uh, we got stuck on the tarmac for like 45 minutes, and then it took an hour to go nine miles from LaGuardia to my hotel. And I was just like, I'm not sure if I can make it. And then I ended up having some audio issues that we worked out in the meantime. So the nine o'clock start worked well. But uh, with all that, welcome everybody. Uh, It's good to have you guys. It's good to see your face, Jay Spence. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, So how, how first topic of the show, 
I mean, how are we, you know, now that the dust has kind of settled, how are we feeling after the Bills have dropped two in a row? Uh, oh, obviously I would be lying if I said I'm not disappointed. You know, like you, you, um, I know the Vikings are a good team. Obviously they're eight and one. So you don't get, you don't get to eight and one by not being good. Granted, there's some luck, there's some th- whatever, but they're good. They're a good team, yeah. good solid yeah. football team. Uh, in the second half there, Kirk Cousins looked as much like a franchise quarterback, you know, in the second half of that game. Uh, then you can you can wish for if you're a Vikings fan. So, I mean, the Vikings did what they had to do. Um, I'm, I'm still really I, I hurt more from the Jets game. Like I mm. still I'm, I'm stinging from the Jets game. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's a, a division rival. I don't know if it's because it's the conference placement. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it but the Jets game stings. This game still stings because, you know, obviously we had the lead. But I look at it as a few different things like Tremaine going out made a yeah. difference like oh, yeah. and i know you know i'm not gonna pile on this time i'm, I'm actually gonna be nice to everybody but it's like you know you finally get to see in in live like in the game you can see mm-hmm. like no tremaine is a big part of this defense and what he brings to this defense it literally just can't be replaced when you're playing against good talent so we yeah. saw that um we absolutely miss jordan poyer we absolutely miss, and I know like he's been out since week two now, but we miss Micah Hyde. Um, can't wait for Trey White to be healthy. So like, mm-hmm. just, just I, I'm more so looking at this as like, okay, when is it going to be the turning point? Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was against my, you know, my, my shout out to the cards. Uh, it was against my Cardinals when uh, the, the Hell Murray pass happened. And then the Bills went on to win every game until they lost in the AFC championship. Last year, uh, you know, we got, smacked in the face by uh who was it uh the jaguars and then we ended up kind of we didn't win every game but we won mostly every game and Mm -hmm. so so again like i'm i'm just waiting for the moment where it's like when are we gonna get like when are we gonna wake up now yeah i don't know if it's and i'm almost done here but i mean like these are my thoughts like this is everything (laughs) that i think about when it comes to this moment in these games keep going like is is josh (laughs) like what is he in his head because it didn't look like an injury. Like, I know everybody going into the game all week, the media, everybody speculated, um, you know, his injury is going to be horrible. Uh, he can't throw the ball. And I even thought, I'm like, well, you know what? If Josh plays, he probably won't be throwing the ball 40 times. He did throw it 40 he times. Did. You know, and it, it wasn't just like, you know, little dink and dunk passes. He was – so it, it wasn't that. But now, for the first time in his career, Josh is – thrown two intercepts or had two turnovers in three consecutive games at least this game is it play calling you know like you 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 ask josh allen granted yes he's big enough to do a quarterback sneak on the goal Mm -hmm. line to get a yard but is it smart to do a quarterback sneak when you're backed up on the goal line like is that so is it is it play calling is it um like there's just so many different things that i think about with this game and it's just like you know i i I'm trusting the process. That, that's what we've been. That's what we've been kind of preached to, uh, you know, as far as the, this team over the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting the process, but man, it, it's um, it's just it. I'm a little nervous. I'm not nervous about the games coming up. Like I'm not nervous that like I think we should and could beat the Browns. I think we could and should beat right. um, our Thanksgiving matchup against the Lions. And I think so. I, I'm not nervous, but it's like, what the heck is going on, man? What is going yeah. on? Yeah, it's uh so I've settled, right? Um I I think your point was perfectly said that the Jets game hurt worse uh than this game did 
hundred uh, percent. The Jets game just felt like nothing was working. They just didn't look like a good football team. This game, now that the dust is settled, this game, I mean, this game could have easily been 44 to 27, right? If the turnovers don't happen, we were in scoring position several times. Uh, you know, obviously they went forward on fourth down and didn't kick a field goal. The Bills were were in control of this game for almost the entire thing. They they didn't have a lead early, uh, so the Bills obviously you know got the ball first, uh, turned it over, turned it, went, went three and out, and then the Vikings came right down and scored, and then the Bills immediately answered. And then from there on out, the Bills owned this game. Um, and there's so much to have a conversation around, or that you could have a conversation around about what literally happened. And I don't know if you caught uh, Joe Marino on. Uh, WGR 55 this morning, every Wednesday morning, he's on WGR 55 at eight o'clock. It's a great segment. They had him on for like 25 minutes. Um, and he began to break down certain things. So the first thing that he broke down was Isaiah McKenzie, who, if everybody wants to, they can go back and listen to your rant last week about Isaiah. Um, and there was two, there was two routes in particular, the second down or the third down. And then the fourth down, obviously where the interception happened when the bills went forward on fourth and two. And I'm just going to talk about the fourth down one. You know, when you look at that situation, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, for whatever reason, runs out of bounds. So it's one thing to get shoved out of bounds. And there was a, there was a a clip on Pat McAfee's show today where he talked, where like somebody was breaking down the play and it's like, you know, the defender Patrick Peterson, you know, should shove him out of bounds. So, Hey, cornerbacks, if you're, if you guys are running running along the sideline, shove him out of bounds. And then like, you're kind of a free player. Well, he didn't. Isaiah McKenzie ran out of bounds and then he turned around and stood there. And then Patrick Peterson intercepts the ball. And Isaiah McKenzie makes no attempt to come back into the field of play to even tackle it, like to chase him down. 35 yards later, Patrick Peterson is tackled. Well, that one there, that the play before that where McKenzie kind of ran his route wrong, kind of affected that whole entire thing. And if, if that interception doesn't – so what Joe was saying was is it was an easy touchdown to Gabe Davis, the play before on third down. But Isaiah ran his route wrong and made some mistakes there, which then caused the fourth down play to happen where he also, again, made another mistake. Um, he also got into the tweet that I that I put out. I think it was either on Monday or Tuesday. The, I think it was Monday. Uh, the final interception that Josh Allen threw. You know, Josh Allen throws that ball, and people are like losing their minds about having a bad decision. And it wasn't a bad decision at all. Neither of those interceptions were necessarily bad decisions. Uh, one was a mistake by Ike, and then the you know, and then Josh's pass wasn't great either. And then obviously on the the last interception, the game ceiling interception, Josh Josh leads Gabe Davis right to the hole, like to the post, that's a touchdown all day long. He was about four to five yards short on that throw. And you got to wonder how much his arm, possibly the brace, it looked like you could see like a brace in his white sleeve up at the top of his arm. So it looked like he was braced on his right arm. All that to say this, even if the first interception happens and then Cam Lewis swats that ball away from Justin Jefferson, the fumble doesn't happen. The second interception doesn't happen. And it all comes down to the Buffalo Bills. And Reed Ferguson said this with me on a podcast that I did with him yesterday. The Buffalo Bills have lost three games by eight points. And that's literally what Reed said. And I know we've heard that, but even he said, we've lost three games by eight points. And when you think about just that and the fact that that game, they could have scored two more touchdowns if it weren't for a couple silly mistakes. I think this team is fine. I think there's just an aspect of they need to stop hurting themselves. I think they've been, they hurt themselves in the, in the Miami game. They didn't play well in the Jets game, and then they hurt themselves in this football game. So the two teams that they played that are really good, the Dolphins and the Vikings, they hurt themselves 
uh, a number of times. But I'm not worried about Josh Allen. I'm not nervous at this point. We've seen this, what is this, the third year in a row that the Bills got to the middle of the season, to your point, and kind of have stalled out a little bit. And then they catch fire, right? And they head to the playoffs. Now, the, the question is, you know, how far are we going to get in the playoffs? they got to make the tournament, which I think they'll do. And then from there, where are we seated? Who are we playing? And then how far are we going to get? And I don't know. I don't. How do you feel about this? I'm just thinking about this now. I'm not worried about the Bills on the road. Are you worried about the Bills playing in the playoffs on the road? No. Uh, the only time you're worried about the Bills playing on the road in the playoffs is if you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, right. You know, so the reason why we want that number one seed is because we don't want Kansas City to have it. That's the right. only reason. Like anybody, any other team. Look, first of all, the Bills fans travel well. I think when it comes to Kansas City, it's it's a fan base that's similar to Buffalo, where it doesn't matter how well we travel. Kansas right. City fans are Kansas City fans. So, um, you know, I just think it's different. Like there's a there's a constant buzz in the or in the stadium. They don't mm-hmm. stop making noise. It's mm-hmm. it's it's energy from the the moment the, the coin toss happens until the end of the like when zeros are actually even after zeros are on the clock it's just energy and noise and noise and energy but let me rewind for one second i think you're trying to set me up for failure here today like you bring Uh up this isaiah mckenzie thing and you know how i feel about this and the thing is so i go back like i go back and i think about the last few years now when it comes to isaiah mckenzie and i got i got flack a couple years ago for being super critical of him on special teams i tried to very much encourage him being a big part of the offense last year when he came out against the, the Patriots, he did it. And I'm like, see, he could, if, if we use him in the offense, this can work. Then for some reason, the team doesn't keep him in, in the offense. Like for some reason last season, after he had that huge game, he kind of fades away again. And then it's like, okay, well, it could be because we still had Cole Beasley. We still had, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. So yeah, we got some guys that he probably should wait his turn. Now these guys are gone. He gets an extension. He gets some money. It's not the it's not the candy that he stayed for last year. He actually got some money this year. And we're like, okay, he's going to be a big. You don't give him that money if he's not going to be a big part of the offense. And then he comes out, and then it's like game after game. There's mistake after mistake, and it doesn't matter if it's on special teams, if it's on the offense. Yeah, he has a couple touchdowns. He had the one where he he. Uh, told yeah i guess his sister had the 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 sex reveal of her child so Mm -hmm. that was cool cool for that right we love it we love him doing karaoke with dion and we love like okay there's things about isaiah that we love but at what point are we just gonna be like look this guy is not he's not championship caliber like the rest of the roster and i'm not saying cut him i'm not Mm -hmm. saying cut him i think his presence helps I think mm-hmm. him being part of the team helps. But when it comes down to you putting him on the field and then you see a guy just run the run out of bounds. I almost said something, but mom is in the room. Mom <laughs> is in the room. You see him run out of bounds, like not pushed out of bounds. He didn't trip and fall out of bounds, which I probably would have got on him about too. But he he ran out of bounds. And then to your point, he didn't come back in. Even I know the referee throws his hat. You can't touch the ball. I get that. But you come back in. So that way, at the very least, make Patrick Peterson think he has to cover you. Make or like, I don't know, like if the interception is made, make a tackle. You're one of the quickest guys on the team. Why are you not running after Patrick Peterson? And hold on. I'm sorry. I have Nipsey Hustle play at random moments of the day (laughs) for for motivation. Alexa. I love it. Sorry. Motivation at all times. But 
<laughs> it's like it maybe maybe Isaiah McKenzie needs some motivation because the thing is I'm not understanding how like he keeps getting chance after chance after chance mm-hmm. and then it's just like he keeps coming up short after like and then he gets on the podcast love the podcast great entertainment but like same thing with Josh lately I'm not saying Josh overall but like lately we can't keep going back to the I gotta be better I gotta play better I gotta perform no I, like I, at this point I'm tired of hearing you say I gotta be better I just need you to be better man like yeah. at some point be better be better I wonder I wonder and this is just pure speculation so clearly Josh Allen that last throw he wants that last throw back because he didn't make the throw and the and and to hear people on Twitter say you know that's a like that's an impossible throw even if he was perfectly healthy he couldn't have made it well first of all we've seen him make that throw he made the exact same throw to Jay Kumro just flipped the field in Denver uh Kumro's the only touchdown that he has is a Buffalo Bill that was basically that 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 post route that he threw to Kumro he threw that exact same pass to Gabriel Davis last year uh in in preseason so this whole concept that Josh can't make that throw is ridiculous so I, I know he wants that throwback but my question is this to you as far as speculation goes from me how much is josh sitting there dejected looking down at the table him covering up knowing that like mistakes were made execution errors are happening on offense and at the end of the day i'm doing what i can yeah no well first yes you're right and we all know that josh can make that josh can make every throw Right. So it's not about like, so if anybody's beating Josh up for that, it's like, okay, you're, you're crazy. Clearly you're crazy. Like, like Josh can make every single throw. And yes. so I don't blame him. If, if he fully believes like, Oh, I see it. Let me throw it. Let me get it there. Now, if sometimes the, the body doesn't quite match up with the mind, whether that's because of injury, whether it's because of the brace, like you mentioned, whatever. Yes. Now to fast forward to what you're saying. Yeah, Josh sits there and he knows that that mistakes were made and execution was off and he takes the blame because that's what leaders do and that's what quarterbacks in this league does. But at the same time, it's like, look, when is when is everybody else like Von Miller takes accountability for the entire defense mm-hmm. when the entire defense doesn't play well, when 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 they were getting run, man, when the Jets in the game. When the Jets started to run the ball, like at the stadium, Von Miller was visibly upset. He wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't Tom Brady screaming at his linemen. He wasn't like, you know, trying to belittle people on the sideline. But he was taking accountability, and he was showing how he felt about this. Look, at some point, we can't put it all on Josh. I've been saying that in several ways. It shouldn't be all on Josh to have 350 yards passing and 85 yards rushing and two touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. But it also shouldn't be all on Josh when he loses the damn game. It, right. it can't be. Yeah, he, right. he threw the interception. That was I, – I slightly disagree with you as far as decision-making. I know you say it wasn't a bad decision. My thing is, yes, he can make every single throw. However, situationally, right now, pick up the first down. You had two timeouts. You had, or not even that. Situationally, you know you just had an elbow injury. And I get it. You can make every throw. Maybe this isn't the game for you to really just just flex everything you can do. You had you had right. Singletary right there, wide open. Probably could get could have got you down to the ten yard line. The decision was made by the time Singletary came free. If he throws it to Quint uh, to to Q at that point in time, that ball's intercepted. Like you saw, the okay, safety, he still the had time though. Throw it, throw it away. It was somewhat of a clean pocket. Run the well, ball then. You just ran cut. it two times again. Run yes. run the ball. So what yeah. I'm saying is uh, uh, so again, I'm not I'm not beating down Josh while he's right, but right. what I'm saying is there were other decisions that could have been made. 
at some point, though, the rest of the team has to take accountability. Like, at some point, it can't be all on Josh Allen to, A, win the game and mm. take accountability for losing the game. When is Ken Dorsey going to say, you know what, I probably shouldn't have made that call on the goal line at the end of regulation? Or when is – you get what I'm saying? Like, at yeah, some point, yeah. why are you putting your quarterback in that situation anyway? We yeah. all know who Josh is. Like, Josh is that dude that, like, he's going to give it 195% every single play. Every single play. He was trying to get a yard before the ball was in his hands. That was That's what happened. Make better plays, man. Like, call better plays. Get more accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at, at some point, and I get it. The team loves it. They'll run through a wall for Josh. I need y'all to run through a damn wall for Josh. Yeah, He'll do it, it right. for y'all. Like, I need y'all to do it now. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. But I guess to, to, to kind of wrap this up, so everything t- t- that you said, yes, uh, we're not in disagreement at all. I, my only point about it wasn't a bad decision means that that's a throw he can make, right? That That's the point. Yeah, it, absolutely. He, wasn't, absolutely. He, he, didn't, he didn't throw the ball into triple coverage and expect his arm to do something we've never seen it do before. So it is basically what it is. Like Gabe was breaking open. If he leads him, that's a touchdown all day long, and the Bills walk off the field, right, 100%. winners. Um, so that, that's more about the, but yes, there were, the, there were other options there. The Singletary one is tough because he can't, he broke so late cause he held his block as long as he did, but that's fine. But the, the question was, is, you know, are we settled down? Are we nervous? Are we good? You know, after dropping two with what the rest of the season is going to bring, I think we're both in a yes situation there. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just annoyed. That's all. I, I, like I'm just annoyed. And, and, and you know what, um, Brian here brings up a question that I feel like, and then we can wrap this question up because I, th- yeah, I feel yeah. like it, it falls in line with that. But he wants, he says, honestly, I think they're holding Josh back in season versus postseason. Josh. So funny. It's funny. I've heard that a ton. I've heard the reverse. Um, I've heard the reverse that Dable was holding him back and that he needs held back. And I almost believe that. Go ahead. Say your point. I want to hear it. Well, so, so to me, what I'm seeing is so, okay. In comparison to like the last four or five games in comparison to the the first half of the season to this point of what we've had. So the first four or five games, you saw an offense that was basically replacing the run game with short passes. And then they, they mixed in the big plays with, you know, with those short passes. Now we've somewhat developed a run game with, with Devin Singletary doing some things, but why have we now taken away? I'm not saying don't run the ball, continue to run the ball. However, why did we take away the short passing? Because now I feel like um, they're either not putting things on film or and I, and I think that's a, I hate to even say it that way, because mm-hmm. it's like, no, if if that was working and then you you get guys, you get the defense to come up, you get, you know, the safeties to step up a little bit closer because they know you're going to throw it to digs in a six yard slant or they know you're going to do this. Now everybody's expecting him to throw it 40 yards down the field to Gabe Davis down the sideline, or everybody's expecting him to, to hold the ball and scramble and try to throw it for 15 to 20 yards, as opposed to mm. like, when are we going to get back to moving the ball methodically down the field and then take our shots when it's there, as opposed to making Josh create magic out of nothing. Mm. So, so I don't, I don't know if I, maybe, so maybe I said it wrong. I don't, I don't know if um, they're holding him back. I think they're holding the offense back. Like Josh himself is letting it rip. He's mm-hmm. he's a hundred miles hundred miles and gunning, but mm-hmm. the offense just seems like okay. All right, we found that Devin Singletary can he can run pretty good here and he can do this. So let's kind of take this away. I think it all needs to be together. Like scare teams with the run and with that short passing game and the intermediate and the like. Scare them. You have the quarterback to do it. 
Yeah, it's it's. I don't even have an answer. Um, I don't. I, I feel like I when when I don't remember where I heard it. I heard I heard somebody report that that they felt like Dable was was holding Allen back, and I think we would all feel that. I think we all kind of agree with that. That there were times that Dable it felt like it was limiting Josh. Um, I don't feel for one second that that Dorsey's limiting Josh. I feel like Dorsey is almost kind of letting him go out there and do what he wants to do, or if that makes any sense. But the play mm-hmm. calls, to your point, are different. And the way that they're being called, and as much as like we were heralding Dorsey early in the season for being in the flow, for understanding situ- situational awareness, and understanding like where we were in games, and like he was calling great second halves, it just seems to have evaporated. It's just a, li- it's just kind of poof, gone up in smoke. And the question is, is what are they, gonna, what do they have to do to kind of find that rhythm? Stephon Diggs said it. Stephon Diggs, your your number one wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, a guy who's going to eclipse a thousand yards by week ten by your team's. 10th game this weekend basically said for whatever reason we come out executing well then we we hit a lull in the second half he goes we get out of the group we've got to find a way to not get out of the group and that's literally what's happening and i like he's not confused but he's recognizing it so it's happening the question is what and you know mimi fiend is in the in the chat and her dad on monday was very pointed about the fact that you know they're doing dumb things in the second half like running draw plays we're not a draw team why are they running draw plays when you don't have to? What you're doing, to your point, was working. Just keep doing that. Like you, it's not like it's not like they stopped it, so you had to go away from it and try a draw play. You just stopped doing it. It's like shades of Dick Duran. Remember Dick Duran? The, the Dick Duran offense era for four years was that play worked. Tear it out of the book. We'll save it for later. <laughs> and they wouldn't run it again. Like that's literally a little bit of what's going on. But I don't I don't have an answer to holding him back or not holding him back at the end of the day, they need to execute better. All the players need to execute better. I'm, I'm going to, we, we pounded the table last week and I'm going to shout it from the roof. And we've got a, we've got a topic coming up that'll touch on that. You know, I feel like they're missing that Cole Beasley role in this offense. Even still, they, that just made, we were talking about it in 2020, bro. You and me, I think we may have been talking about it. Didn't he get here in 19? We were talking about how he kind of was the run game. We didn't have a run game. But he yeah. was kind of the guy that was pushing that offense forward and kind of pseudo running the ball. It just I think and I think we don't and we don't have the safety, the safety blanket mm-hmm. that he was. So right. yeah, like he was the run game, but then he also was the say he was that third and that third and seven or that third and eight automatic first down every single time. Every yep. single yep. time. So yeah, yep. no, I'm I'm with you. Um Pam brought up one uh, about the field goal there. Um, and I tweeted out during the game, do you take the points there or do you try to score? Like, you know, and obviously it was split because half of the fan base plays Madden and half the other fan, you know, half the fan base uh, loves the foot game of football. And so some people feel like field goal, you take the points. Others feel like, no, you be aggressive and go for it. Pam says, I'm sorry um, that no field goal call was incredibly stupid. Did anyone not learn from the Ravens coach when they played us? We did the same thing. Um, what were your thoughts on that? And then, then we really can move on. I just yeah. wonder. I, no, we don't We don't have to hit any of the topics. We're having a great conversation, so I'm I'm all in on what we're talking about. I mean, I'm ready to go because I want to talk about the next one. But, yes, we could sit here for a minute. So to answer the question, to me, it's situational. It's situational football. When that happened, we had a 10-point lead. It was, I believe it was either the end of the third quarter or the beginning of the fourth. Uh, the offense had not been playing necessarily as well as they were the first half. 
you go up by 13 there, and I get the whole concept because I'm the I'm the possession guy. We're up by one possession. That's how I basically chart when I'm watching games. We're up by two possessions. You can anybody can ask McKenna. What does what does your dad say? He says we're up by three possessions. He doesn't say 17 points. He doesn't say 18 points. He doesn't say 14. If it's two, he he says we're up by two possessions because that's what it takes. It's a basketball term, right? You I mean you you get that. So yep. for me, as much as getting to 13 is still only two possessions. It affects the way the Vikings have to manage the game at that point. It's no longer just a field goal and a touchdown. Now we have to have two touchdowns. And it also changes what you need at the end of the game. Now instead of going down the field and the Bills needing a field goal to tie, they kick a field goal, they win. So it, to me, there's it's, it's more complex. Than, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you, because I'm also the guy, when that offense is humming, I want to see my, my team at fourth and two, go for it inside the 25 or 30 yard line every time. Like when the offense is working, do it. Like put your foot on their throats and just crush them. But if it's, if it's just, I could go either way, I guess is what I'm saying. In that I moment, in that moment, I wanted the field goal. When I feel you, because the thing is, and, and that, I guess that was going to be my point. It's like, you're right. When, when they're working and when they're clicking, go for it every single time. Guess every what? Time. The last two and a half weeks, we haven't, we weren't clicking, especially in the second half, mm-hmm. especially in the second half. So for me, uh, you, you, you take those points in that situation. I agree with Sarah. She says she'd hate the play calling to pass three times in a row with two yards to gain more than I hate not taking the points. I agree with that too. And as much as I'm not a, a fan of always running Josh Allen, that's the time you call that play where you have a sweep where you have three of your linemen run out to the right side or the left side of your, you know, and that's when you, you basically walk Josh Allen into a 10 yard game. Those are the times you make those calls. Um, T Dobb says they have Naheem. This is going back to our uh, Cole Beasley conversation. They have Naheem Hines. They have cook. They have Shakir. They don't need Beasley. They're not using the guys they have. I agree, but I disagree. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So let's let's jump forward a little bit um, to your topic. Yeah. Yeah. Which where, where is it at? Da, 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 did I forget to put it in here? Um, it's it's this one. So the topic was with Kumaro Hurt, the Buffalo Bills have no reserve boundary wide receivers is a move coming. And I wanted to parlay this into this topic, which is the Bills absolutely 100 percent are missing. Not Cole Beasley, the person and we we it's funny because people get so tight right when you start talking about Cole Beasley they're missing Cole Beasley the player Khalil Shakir isn't what versed enough he's not tenured enough he hasn't been in the league long enough neither is anybody else on this roster outside of maybe Naheem Hines to live in that the ball is snapped I'm in the slot I know how to find the gap in the defense I know where I know where the gap in the zone is and that's what Cole Beasley did so well. It wasn't a matter that like anybody could just walk out there and turn around three yards afterwards. No, there's nuances to that. And it's reading the play right pre-snap, being on the same page with your quarterback, which Beasley always was on the same page with Josh Allen. It was almost magic the way that it worked. So to, to just assume that Khalil Shakir can, or Jake Kumaro or one of these guys can run out there and just like, oh, I'll just pick up where Cole Beasley left off. Um, I say McKenzie, the, the reality is, is it's not happening because they can't. So the question is, is a, is a wide receiver move, Trey for Isaiah Hodgins, is, um, well, the funny thing is, is the two catches he had were out of the slot and they were similar routes to that. But is is a move coming? To me, the answer to this problem, if if it works, is OBJ. OBJ is that guy 
and they can slip, they can slip him and Diggs in and out of that slot spot and be that guy to know where the soft spot of the zone is going to be, sit down in it and allow Josh to find him. Because Khalil Shakir is not ready. Isaiah McKenzie doesn't get it. And Jay Kumaro obviously is injured, right? So and I, I also I get I get the fan base's um desire to see Naheem Hines. Uh my man Renaissance man says, I can't wait to see Hines more involved. I understand he's new and needs some time. It's frustrating because you see Tony jump right in with Casey and you see CMC jump right in with the Niners. Here's here's um and maybe I, I, I probably will get dragged for this take, but it's okay. The, the thing is, Naheem Hines is a very, very talented football player. He has speed. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things that a lot of teams would, would appreciate having as a role player. Mm-hmm. He is not a superstar. And the expectation after the trade, I, I guess it, it, people felt like he was, A, going to fix the run game, and then he was going to also jump into that slot role and just be – if he was that good, and when I say this, I mean this with all respect to who Naheem Hines is. I love him being on this team. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a weapon. There's a reason why he wasn't just the slot guy in Indianapolis then. There's a reason why other teams weren't beating down the door to trade for Naheem Hines. I love like he's a good guy. He's a good player. Yeah. He's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not, no. um, you know, so, and and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that to this Renaissance, Renaissance man has a great point. Can't wait to see him more involved. But the thing is, I think the team, you know, the team, I don't feel like his trade here made a difference as to whether I think the team is better or worse. I think his trade here is possibly to be the punt returner. And that, and that could be. Um, I was very... I was pleasantly surprised that Duke Johnson got got the active spot this past Sunday for those, you know, for the special team snaps. But like I said, when I look at Hines, and it wasn't just because he was sitting behind um, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor is is next worldly when it comes to talent. I get right. it, but he Naheem Hines, you put him on other rosters, and he's not starting over most starting running backs in around the league so again we just have to manage expectations on who we think we have and so when we have read earlier comments like we don't need beasley listen cole beasley outside of his tweets about the vaccination and outside of his his political tweets or whatever else that people do or don't like about him he was an all pro slot receiver (laughs) Like I just need I need I need people to understand that there's a clear so same same conversation we have on defense. Like don't they grow on, don't they grow don't they don't they grow on trees all pro they, slot receivers aren't they just everywhere? Obviously, obviously they do <laughs> because it's like you know, and, but it's the same conversation we have on defense when Jordan Poyer right. is out and when Micah Hyde is out, we have these expectations for for instance we want to we want to crucify Cam Lewis. I can't. It was his <laughs> first ever start at safety ever. Like his first ever start at safety. And he went against probably the number one or number two receiver in the league. And the best part about the best part of that conversation is the fact that even at safety, there's more great safeties in the NFL than great slot receivers. (laughs) Like, <laughs> so when you so like so again, I just think a lot of times we expect oh Brandon Bean is the best GM in the league and he has an eye for talent and the and the fall off is not great. Like we have every like man, you could fill in with no drop off. Nah, <laughs> all pro talent 
is all pro talent. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then you have other guys that might be able to do some things here or there. But I'm not I'm not upset with Cam Lewis, even for not knocking it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Knock it down, we win the game. That's not instinctual to these guys. You're mm-hmm. in the NFL. You see the ball coming. It looks like it's over the receiver. You want that interception. Granted, mm-hmm. you knock it down, the Bills are in better position on the field as opposed to getting that interception. So it probably was, but, but instinctually these guys are going for interceptions. Like these guys are trying to take the ball away from the other team. Not mad at camp. We're talking about offense though. So my point is all pro talent is just not easy to replace. Mm -hmm. And then we expected Isaiah McKenzie to do it. He couldn't do it. We expected, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like whoever we want to talk about Kumaro, you expect um, now Naheem, Naheem Hines to do it. It's not easy to replace Cole Beasley. Like, right. we miss him. Like, yeah. he's all pro. Like, he's an all pro talent. And he's the reason. I don't care what nobody say. I said it on Twitter a couple months back after he announced his, was it his retirement? Or retirement. I don't know what it was, but he it, it may have been when he retired. retired. Yeah, he went to and the I announced, I'm like, I'm like, y'all tripping, man. I love Cole Beasley. I, I don't love his <laughs> politics. I don't <laughs> love a lot of his takes. I don't even like his rap music. I think he's buns. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I love Cole Beasley because the Josh Allen we know today would not have developed the way he did without Cole Beasley and John Smoke Brown. That is, we do not see Josh Allen the way we see him now without Cole Beasley and John Brown. That's a solid take. And just for everybody in the comments section or even listening to this now, why is Cole Beasley's two or three yards such a big deal? The reason it's a big deal and the effect that it's having on this offense that missing is it's allowing the cover two safeties to stay back. And because they're staying back, there's like guys like Gabe Davis can't get open. Dawson Knox isn't open in soft spots in the zone. Those guys are just staying back. They're bracketing people. Whereas if he's if he's in that role, if somebody's got that Cole Beasley role that knows how to finesse it, knows how to execute it, it's causing the safeties to be in a one high look a lot of times versus a two high look. And if you all should remember what the Tampa two is and what that means, because we lived through it. I've talked about it a bunch of times with JP Lossman. JP Lossman had the biggest arm in the world and the fastest wide receiver on the planet, but we can't complete passes because they're in a Tampa two. Everybody should remember hearing that. This is the problem. You put Cole Beasley on this offense or somebody like him, OBJ, find the soft spots in that zone underneath. It's going to pull them out of a cover two. It's going to pull them, put them in a, a single high or at least make them creep up. So that's the whole concept behind this whole thing that we're talking about. So, yeah. And do you remember somebody asking the comments and I don't remember the year. I don't think it, obviously it wasn't last year. I believe it was the year prior that, um, that what year did I, I don't remember the year. I'm, what 2020, I think that was the season that Cole Beasley was an all pro slot receiver. That 2020 season. It was when he had 870 yards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had so 80 catches rate 70. So, yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can move on to another topic now, but yeah, it, it, I, I just really think that, you know, we, we underestimate, you know, specific roles and what guys do. Again, mm-hmm. I could have the same conversation about Tremaine Edmonds. We underestimate what his role is because we think as fans, we know how he's supposed to play, right, you know? Right. So I just, right. I, 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 I caution us, you know, when we have these takes, like, look, these dudes, man, I miss Cole Beasley. I miss yeah. Cole Beasley. Every yeah. Sunday I miss Cole Beasley. On, on the Hodgins thing. Um, I can tell you first, I, I know, I know for a fact um, Isaiah Hodgins getting picked up by 
the Giants. Uh, the Bills brass are upset about that because they didn't even receive a phone call from the Giants. So they're they're mad that they just came in and basically scooped him. Um, and Isaiah Hodgins, you know, he was the second leading receiver on his team, but there weren't a whole lot of balls that went around last week. Um, it's going to be exciting to kind of see what he does as far as that goes. But something's got to be done about the fact that we do not have a reserve boundary receiver right now. And I know what people are going to say, well, Khalil Shakir can play it. Can he? He's a rookie. Like, so with all due respect, though, real quick, who cares if the Bills are – and, you know, I'm a Bills fan. Who cares if they're mad that the Giants picked up Hodges? You you cut them. Who cares? That's your fault. You had to, yeah, you had to expect at some point in time. We thought he was going to be gone in preseason, right? We thought that for I did. sure. Yeah, I did. So I tell you what, you, you haven't brought Trey White back. I'm trusting the team. Put him back on IR and keep Isaiah Hodges, but don't get mad that another team is trying to improve week by week. Who? Right. What kind of – I don't know where that report came from, but I, that's the dumbest thing. Another, You're mad. An, another, team that, another, another, te- another team that drafted you that was your offensive coordinator and wrote the playbook that you're currently playing, right? Are so it's, kidding me? it's like the puzzle piece is perfect. Just Grow up, right? Grow up, <laughs> right. Bills. So they were definitely a little salty. But anyways, let's move on. So real quick, Jordan Hoy- uh, Jordan Poy, rather, uh, returned to practice today, uh, albeit limited. Um, for those of you that, that weren't paying attention, a lot of guys were sick today, They so they weren't able to actually have a real practice, so they did some individual stuff and kind of some light one-on-one stuff. Um, how desperate is this team to have this guy back? Man. <laughs> um, so, again, I'm saying this with, with respect to Cam Lewis. I'm saying this with respect mm-hmm. to DeMar Hamlin. I think I think both guys – I love DeMar Hamlin. He's a mm-hmm. – man, Sunday during, Sunday during the broadcast, um, the announcer compared him to Buda Baker. He compared him to Buda Baker. And he said he's not obviously at the same level of talent as Buda Baker, mm-hmm. but he's instinctually he makes certain plays that Buda Baker mm-hmm. pl- makes. And he has like that run defense that – and I see it. Like DeMar yeah. Hamlin is going to be a good safety in this league, but mm-hmm. I think he needs to be paired with mm-hmm. a vet that's really good. Him next to Jordan Poyer is a completely different defense than him next to Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis didn't make certain instinctual plays where normally our safeties understand. Like if the receiver is the only receiver on your side, the ball is coming to him, you sneak up. Mm-hmm. There are certain moments that he didn't do that. He didn't uh, do that. So they gained more yards than they were supposed to gain. He also was covering, again, the best receiver in football. So it made it difficult. Jordan Poyer, if he was active Sunday, if he was healthy and active Sunday, I'm not saying the Bills would have won. You know, you, you don't know how the game would have would have went. But I tell you what, Justin Jefferson does not get close to mm-hmm. 200 yards, two touchdowns, and he doesn't go off the way he goes up. And on top of that, I tell you that Dalvin Cook touchdown probably doesn't happen. Probably doesn't happen. He yeah. might get a first down and that might might be a 20 yard game because he broke through the, you know, the the defensive line and the, and the linebackers, but he's not getting a touchdown. That's so you want Jordan Poyer back. My only concern is man. And I've heard several different reports at this point. I've heard uh, reports from cover one. I've heard reports from the bills. I've heard reports from like, I've heard reports from everywhere. I personally, I'm worried about Jordan coming back too soon. Mm. I understand we need him. I understand what it looks like. The thing is, if, if there are other reports out there that says that he needs surgery on that elbow, that's and the one. That's, that's the one that I. That's that's the one I've heard. So I have heard not not. So just so everybody knows, we don't talk about Jordan that way. Like I did not hear that from him. I heard it yeah. from two different people that he needs surgery and it's a six month heat recovery time. 
and I've heard the same thing. And, um, and again, I, this is not like insider information from Jordan. I haven't spoken to Jordan. I haven't spoken to his brother. I haven't spoken to, this is like, I've heard from sources that I trust very much that he needs surgery on that elbow. Now, I also understand he's in a contract situation, so he wants to play. So whether he's making money from Buffalo or he makes money elsewhere next year, he wants to put something on film and he wants to show that he's tough. And it, So I get it. I'm not questioning him in that regard. But, man, I'm, I'm concerned that say he comes back and then, you know, we, we do hit a stride and then all of a sudden we make the playoff. I would rather him be out and even heal up somewhat mm-hmm. to where he can play closer to the playoffs and the playoffs than for him to come back now end up hurting himself more. And then we absolutely, can you imagine going into the playoffs with DeMar Hamlin and, and Jaquan Johnson or, or Cam Lewis back there? Uh, I just, well, I, I mean, D- Dean Marlowe is still riding the pine. We don't know why, as far as that goes, there's an expectation that he would be, maybe we thought when they made the trade that he was that guy um, that was going to come in. But uh, yeah, just, I mean, the, the, the story, the story, the report that I got from two different sources um, not connected to each other was that it was highly unlikely he was going to play again this year. So, which is why I phrased the question that I did. The Bills never, they, the Bills knew that, that it was highly unlikely that he was going to play this again this year. Needed surgery, six month recovery time. They did not put him on IR. He was the whole day to day thing, a lot of mystery around it. And then he's practicing. So, that, that was the whole idea behind how desperate are the Bills to get Jordan back. I think they feel it. I think they see it and they need it, which you think starts to write the check for itself right i'm with you re-up 21 <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm with you like look i i understand he's injured this year you know mm-hmm. he has an elbow injury early in the season he was hit on a on a play where they hit him in the ribs in miami so he had to miss a week because of his ribs mm-hmm. so I, I get that you know but over over the course of his career jordan hasn't been injured these aren't no. normal in, like these aren't wear and tear injuries where it's like oh that guy's getting old these are not old man injuries these mm-hmm. are injuries from like specific crazy plays that happen that typically don't happen if if i'm the buffalo bills i see what my <laughs> defense looks like without micah hyde and jordan porter i see that so mm. I, I make those guys both part of my defense for the next two years, and I draft for the next two years, second, third round, or whatever, wherever you find that type of talent that you think you can train up for a year and a half or two years to replace them. Yeah, but right now, you don't have those guys on your roster. You mm. might have Hamlin. You know, Hamlin might be one of those guys, but you don't have two guys right now. And, and right. us switching around uh, Cam Lewis to do it, or then maybe when Trey comes back, they can switch around. Um, what's the other cornerback we signed? Well, no. Um, well, oh, yeah, Benford has played. Yeah. Xavier so, Rhodes. I mean, I know some cornerbacks, they transition to safety to extend their careers. Maybe we do that with mm-hmm. Rhodes. Or maybe you mentioned Benford. Um, he has some, ex- some experience there in college, but it's a different level. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, Daryl says Tremaine, too. He affects those passing lanes. I'm a ride for, for my man Tremaine every time. You, you talked know. about it. I didn't even bring it up at the top of the show. So I was at the game, and I was I, I remember the play that he got hurt on, and I remember having a little feeling of, oh, no. That defense was not the same the rest of the game without Tremaine Edmonds. It was not. If you don't believe me, go back, <laughs> go back and watch it again. If you've got it recorded, great. If not, if you need to log on for NFL Plus, get, get a log on. <clears throat> the game changed when Tremaine left the game. Absolutely 100% changed. And I need the fan base to start loving my guy the way he's supposed to be loved. Like, you know, 
I know, you know, me, there's there's cover one. There's a couple other like content groups and content creators that make sure they back him up. But but when it comes to the fan base, man, like I, I don't understand the hate like this dude is quiet. You don't yeah. ever hear about him in the media. You don't ever hear about him with off field issues. You don't ever hear about him. It, there's nothing negative that the team has to say about him. The players have nothing to say about him. He's respected around the league. And all he does is come in here and play his ass off. He plays mm-hmm. hard every hard. single week. And now in game, you got to see first half to second half a completely different Buffalo Bills defense when yeah, he was out. Yeah. Completely for sure. different. For sure. Start throwing my do some love. So let's move on to this week. We've only got about 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, the weather the weather clearly looks to be a factor Sunday, 29 degrees and windy post snowstorm. They're saying there might be some snow flurries around, but if we get four to five feet, it'll already be gone. Like the, the snow will have already happened. So and quote unquote removed at that point in time. Um, and the, the, the comment that I put in here was Nick Chubb coming in hot. I, I don't, for me, you know, I don't have a great deal of concern in the sense of this Buffalo Bills team can't stop Nick Chubb. I absolutely believe they can. They've stopped Derrick Henry. They stopped Lamar Jackson. They've stopped other running backs. We had the same concern last year. What's up, Big uh, Big Jerry? Jerry O. Um, they stopped guys last year after having trouble early in the season. Like, they, they there's the Jonathan Taylor thing. And then they started playing a little more 4-3 when they were playing a bigger, better running back. Um, so I'm not super concerned about it, but I'm concerned about it, right? And the concern I have is, does Tremaine play? Does Jordan play, right? Who's playing at safety? Who's playing at corner? Who's Are they going nickel 4-2 the whole game? Dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, bro, if they go into this game and it's 35-mile-an-hour wins, which means Jacoby Brissett can't throw the football, and it's 29 degrees and they're in a nickel 4-2, a passing defense, I might turn the game off. I hear you. I hear you. Can I uh... – Take a quick pause, though. Like, isn't it something Mm -hmm. how the elements is everything that Bills fans want? But this is the game that I see the most tickets for sale on Twitter than any other game all season. (laughs) What what happened? This is the elements. Y'all love the elements. And this is home field advantage. Why are you selling your tickets, Bills Mafia? Huh? Okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, no, you're right. You don't you don't want to see Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt go off and downhill. Yeah, especially when Tremaine might not play, especially if Jordan, I know he practiced in a limited capacity today, but um, if Jordan doesn't play and Tremaine doesn't play and, you know, this is not the game. <laughs> like, go ahead, my bad. It's just, no, you, you no, no, no. I, I just want to tag into what you said. We know that Jordan played today or practiced today in a limited uh, capacity. The reports were he seemed unbothered by the elbow. He wasn't tackling anybody. <laughs> In practice today, he was catching some footballs and running around. Right? Oh, I'm in pain. I mean, you know, no, you're not in pain swinging at the air. Like, what are you doing? You, he's catching, he's catching four yard passes from. Like, no, yeah, no, he's when not. He's, when he's beating Nick Chubb three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, let's have a conversation about how his elbow feels. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But it's just like ridiculous. But. No, you're, you're right. But ladies and gentlemen, do your thing from your hump that like on Hump Day for us. Hump Day. I didn't say that. I had to hump say day. it real quick, right there. Mike, 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 Mike. Uh, but man, it's just, it's, I don't know. It, it's so I had Gab Gowdy on uh, last night mm-hmm. on the code of conduct. And she talked a lot about like how really the offense isn't the, the problem in Cleveland. Like, um, and, and I've, I've thought this all year long. I thought Jacoby Brissett has, has done a decent job filling in uh, for Deshaun Watson, who's now in the building, who's now practicing mm-hmm. and all that. But I feel like, you know, no, he's not a, 
we know he's not a franchise quarterback. Actually, the last snow game we had in Buffalo, he was the quarterback when he was uh, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts in that snow game mm-hmm. that LeSean McCoy right. ran off a touchdown. But I, I just um, I think he's I think he's more than enough if that defense did their job. You know, it's the, it's the classic formula of. You know, we, we do enough to score. We have a good wide receiver, two good running backs, a great tight end. We can score. We can put mm-hmm. up points. But the defense just just continually allows other teams to do it. But then here's my question, too. Like, so you're asking about the win. And you're saying about um, Jacoby Brissett not being able to throw it. I know we signed or we drafted Josh because he has the arm th- to play through these elements. But last year against the Patriots, um, it didn't quite work like that when we had those strong, strong wins. Well, it didn't. It didn't. So that so so contextually speaking, without context, you're right. It didn't. Uh, first context piece: the wind was stronger. It was 45 to 50 mile an hour gusts. Second piece of context is the Bills started to throw it late, and it was working. And what the Bills should have done was just came out and throw it. I don't. I don't know if I consider that working. I, honestly, I mean, the short pass game, yes, but that that wasn't the offense for the team last year. And now this year, yeah. we just talked about it. That's not. They took it out. That was their offense at the beginning of the year. They're not throwing it short. They're not um, mm-hmm. taking advantage of digs on the whatever yard. You know, like five yard gains turning into first downs. They're not taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no, I, I, I don't know if that's the plan. And and as much as I love what I've seen out of Singletary since what the I don't even know which game I want the Chiefs game maybe um so I've loved what I've seen out of Devin Singletary but for some reason the Buffalo Bills continue to pull away from first half he came out Mm -hmm. two touchdowns 47 yards looked great second half where did he go where where did he go What, what are we doing with um with Cook James Cook he I think he's at this point, I'm not saying that now, okay, give him the rock and make him the focal point of the offense. No, but compared to who he was as a rookie, like or he's still, but like first couple mm-hmm. weeks, he has a lot more confidence. Mm-hmm. He's, he's making plays when he gets the ball, he's making guys miss. Why are we not using our running backs? So this is the game where I'm, I'm nervous, not because I don't think we're a better team. I think we are, but I'm nervous because with the conditions, whether it's stronger wins or not, I think at some point we have to start taking. Pre- and I've been, you know, uh, Joe, I've been saying this for a season and a half now. We have mm-hmm. to take some of the pressure off of Josh, and we have to have running. We have to have a running game to where Josh does not have to be the savior. And yeah. this is one of those games where I feel like Josh is probably in his head because he threw the interception in overtime, and they go through this all through the week. We got it. We really got to figure out what we're going to do this game and i'm 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 nervous about the offensive play caller i think i think this game nick chubb has 100 yards rushing and i think josh allen probably has 60 to 80 like in my in my opinion i think this this is another one of those games where everything that you just said you don't want to see from josh allen and you don't want to see the bills do with josh is everything they're going to do with josh like Josh is going to throw it to the right. He's going to throw it to the left. He's going to run it up the middle. Like, that's just what Josh is going to do, and that's what they're going to do in this football game. I expect to see probably shorter passes. Um, maybe, maybe not. You know, it's you as much as we sit here and we say it's going to be 29 degrees, it was minus two in the Patriots playoff game, and Josh lit them up. So, I mean, the cold isn't necessarily the problem. We've seen that the wind doesn't necessarily have to be a problem. 
but I just expect, and as soon as I say that, I'm going to be wrong. He's going to throw for 384 <laughs> touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? what but th- those are the games that I, I would much rather be wrong about. Like when I'm right. like, oh, Josh is going to come and stink it up. And then he comes out and he looks like an MVP. I am gladly, <laughs> please bash me on Twitter. Find me on, like, leave comments on the pods. Come in here on YouTube. Like, kill me for that. I would much rather be wrong about Josh Allen having a great yeah. game than for me to be nervous like this and, and they come in but, and stink it up. But one thing is for sure. Jacoby Brissett is not throwing for 300 yards in this football game. He's probably not throwing for 200. Uh, they're not. They're, they're going to run. If it's 29 degrees and windy, they're going to run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt downhill right at the Buffalo Bills the whole freaking football game. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some, op, some, some RPOs, maybe some quick – you know, uh, bubble screens to the wide receivers and some screen passes to, to the backs, but I think we lost Joe for uh, a second there. Oh, there you go. Yep. Sorry about that. I, yeah, my signal's getting weak. It's not going to be what we saw with Justin Jefferson, right? Where they was just lofting the ball up and Justin was going to get it. That's not what we're going to get from Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett. They're going to run at us. They're going to run hard at us. They are. They are. And before we get out of here, because we did talk about our run game as well. Singletary fumbled and they punished him is what James Manhart says. I don't I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you what, man, I'm a little bit tired of this. Mm. I'm a little bit tired of this. Josh Allen has three three turnovers. We don't punish our starting quarterback. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie makes a mistake every damn week, at least 12 of them every game. We don't punish Isaiah McKenzie. So um, why is it that he has two touchdowns and you punish him for one fumble. I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at James Manhart here. I agree with him. We've seen Sean McDermott take Singletary out in in key situations because of either a mistake, which I, depending on how you look at it, I felt like during the game, when I watched it, I said inconclusive. I don't think you could reverse it because Mm -hmm. you just didn't have the same angle. But when you look at it, obviously it looked like, Hey, he he looked down, but you just couldn't tell. So this is, that's not a mistake to me that I would, bench a guy that just gave you two touchdowns like i, I i'm tired of it man and it's, again we got it we got to go ahead joe that i just got annoyed with that no i mean it's uh no I, I don't know that they i don't know that they punished him this time i don't remember it being that obvious this time so so even with that comment coming up for me it wasn't a oh yeah and that like i don't i don't remember that moment i didn't feel like he fumbled i think is probably why for, i felt i felt like he didn't fumble I felt like it was called a fumble on the field. And just as you said, it was inconclusive. So the people that I was sitting with, I was like, that's inconclusive. They're not going to overturn it because there's no camera angle that shows him. Even though you could kind of like, no, no, he's got the ball. He's got control there and his elbows down. There wasn't a sure fire angle. So I didn't, so I came away from that. He had the fumble. He got marked for a fumble, but I didn't feel like he fumbled, right? So I didn't see it as they punished him this game. So to me, I didn't read it that way. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if James Cook came in immediately after Devin and if it was James Cook for the next three series. I don't remember that part because I wasn't clued into it because I didn't think that he fumbled. So Well, you know what? You, you wouldn't um, have been able to tell if it was James Cook or not because they stopped handing the damn ball <laughs> off because we just don't run in the second half. When you're right. up by double digits you don't, or, or two possessions, as Joe would like to say, you don't run the ball to run the clock out. I don't understand. We scored on the ground twice, but then you right. don't uh, – game predictions and stat lines, man. What you thinking? How you feel like this? Because I just get so annoyed, Joe. I really do. I do. It, it just – it frustrates me because we're good. So in years past, when the team wasn't as good and we made mistakes, it's like, yeah, but, you know, 
we have mm-hmm. such and such and such a quarterback. Or, yeah, man, you, but you can't be mad when your best wide receiver is so-and-so. So, you know, you can't be mad at certain things. We don't have those excuses. Stefan Diggs made one of the greatest catches of his career Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a guy that's big time. Like, I know we're talking about signing Odell Beckham Jr., and I have the – you can't, guys can't see it in my studio here, but behind here, I have the catch that he made when he was in New York. And, listen, I, I love Odell Beckham Jr., and, and I love all these receivers that can make great catches. We have a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Then we have a guy that's big time in Gabriel Davis that can stretch the field and make the big 40-yard completions or the big 50-yard touchdown or what was it, 98-yard touchdown on, on the first drive of the game against Steelers. the freaking Steelers. Like, we have these guys. And then you have the quarterback. For years, man, I've been saying, why can't the Buffalo Bills get a guy like Aaron Rodgers in his prime? Why can't we get one of those, those Andrew Luck-type quarterbacks? And now we have them. We don't have an excuse. Like, we have zero excuse for this, the, the dumb ass, the stuff that we do. Like, we don't have an excuse, man. And I, I don't, I love you, mom. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to pray. I got, that, I got weed. I'm going to roll up after this. This is that, insane. That nap helped you. Like, you are all, you are, you got all kinds of fire coming tonight. No, it's um, just annoying when you think about it, man. It's like, dude, we really have, and then you give Dawson Knox all this money. Right. And he's on a milk carton for sure. Missing yeah, in sure. action, and like I, just missing, man. Yeah, for sure. So, as far as this game goes, game predictions, stat lines, and stuff like that. So, those of you that are in the comment section, we're going to be jumping out of here soon in the next couple of minutes. So, if you've got them, now is the time to throw them in the comment section. Uh, so, and it's a stat line, and then uh, for Josh Allen, and then a just a score prediction. For me, I'm going to start with the betting lines because I've been really into that. Because of you, it's your fault. I've been on tally site now. I've got a betting line. Con- I've got a betting line segment on my Wake Up Wednesday program uh, that I do that I do every week now on Wednesday mornings. Um, so the, the the spread is eight and a half. That seems like a lot for this football game. It seems like a lot for this game. Go ahead. Hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love Thomas. Thomas is the newest member of Buffalo Rumblings. He has two shows. He has the Buffalo Rumblings post-game show on Sundays after the game, and then he has a show Monday nights as well with Buffalo Late Night. But I cannot relax, Thomas. I love you. I can't relax. I don't care about us being 13 seconds away from it. You know why? Because we lost. We didn't make it to the AFC Championship game, and we didn't make it to the Super Bowl and win it. Every year, it's the same thing. Everybody wants us to relax. Everybody, it's okay. We're in the middle of you're six and three. And I said it, it's not the end of the world. We're six and three, but I, I can't relax because the more you make these mistakes, you're not six and three. Guess what? We were, we were, what, what were we? What were we? Five and one at one point, five and two, five and one. We were five and one. All of a sudden, you lose the two, you lose to the Jets, you lose to the New York Jets. Well, who's their quarterback? Oh, no. Yep. Come on, the upstart, the upstart Jets. They're they're playing better. They're playing better. They're playing better. But come on, man, it ain't like they out. They're not the Buffalo Bills. They don't have the type of offense that should be able to hang with the Buffalo. They scored twenty damn points. Yeah, for sure. You don't. You Uh don't. They don't. We were we were six and one at one point. Now we're six and three. And you're saying relax? No, I will not relax. We got to win these next. No, I'm like the the more we relax, and it's like no. So at some point, we got to stop sitting here and patting this team on the back because they made the right moves to bring guys in. And we and we praise how the depth is on the team. It's like, oh, our, our backups are starters on other teams. Well, why the hell don't they look like starters when they're starting for us when our, our when our main guys are injured? That's an issue. That's an issue. And we're saying, relax. Josh is throwing two interceptions a game. Two. 
Right. The last three games, he's thrown two interceptions a game. In the red zone. In the red – for his career, he had like three interceptions in the red zone. The last th- – I can't relax. I can't relax. This is – <laughs> I like, think he had. He, I, I think he had one actually regular season uh, red zone interception. Two of them were in the playoffs, so they didn't really count as red zone interceptions. But so he came in with three in his career, but one was in the regular season. So that's that's the stat that matters. We're Getting back, the ball over in the red zone, man. Yeah, which is something we've never done. So which we is lost to the Jets, Joe. The Jets. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm okay with losing to. Well, my signals no. going going out again. I'm okay with oh. losing to the Jets. If you want to have a conversation about losing to Zach Wilson. That's a probably more pointed conversation. I'm not okay but. with losing to the Jets because we also lost to the Dol- the Dolphins. We're 0-2 we in the division. So That's now true. now it's not even at the point where we're talking about getting one in the conference. Now it's like, well, what if the Jets continue to play well and they have a soft schedule? What if the Dolphins continue to play well and we don't even win the damn division? Yeah, what about yeah. that? I don't yeah, well, I, we, nah. we're look, look Browns game. <laughs> Well, I was just saying, Browns is one of those games now. We're, we're going to overlook it. Relax. We're only six and three. Relax. It's the Browns. Uh, and then the Browns come over, here and I don't run. Think they, uh, okay. I don't, think, I don't think anybody's overlooking it. I mean, I, I've, I, I think everybody's got their measures of concern uh, for this football game, which, which, which we talked about. So, getting back to <laughs> score predictions and stat lines for Josh Allen. Um, so eight. Eight and a half, eight and a half point spread. I don't see that happening. So I took the I took the Browns with the spread. I think eight and a half is a lot for this game. Bills money line. I think the Buffalo Bills win this football game. I would also take the under uh, in this football game. So eight and a half, take the Browns. Bills money line, take the under. That's just me. Um, so score prediction for me, probably 24, like 19, 24, 20 is my, is my guess as far as that goes for this football game. Buffalo Bills coming out on top. Uh, and then uh, Josh Allen stat line. I'm gonna go low. I, I'm a, I'm a boosted rushing numbers, 65 to 80 rushing yards, 65 to 75 rushing yards, passing yards probably in that 240 to 250 range, touchdown or two. But like I said, this is the game where he's gonna come out and probably throw, throw up a 360, and we're all gonna be like, this guy can do anything. So yeah. If he comes out and he throws for 360, then I'm thinking we score more than 24 points. And yes. No, no, yes, no I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, but also what I'm saying is, too, I, th- I agree with you with, with what, what you said earlier. I think the bulk of the snow is going to be there tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. And I think they're going to have it cleaned out in the stadium come Sunday. So even if it's windy, I don't see it being one of those messy games where it's just like mm-hmm. snow and you can't see the lines on the field and you can't. Right. It's not going to be that. So I don't think the game is going to be as ugly um, weather-wise as everybody is trying to predict. So yeah, because right. of that, I do think the Buffalo Bills actually covered a spread. I do think that um, – I, I just think that the, the Browns defense is is absolutely horrible. Like I, I, as they have some some good guys there. Obviously, they have some some studs on the defensive line, but they're not. The defense is just bad. So I, I do think the Bills win this game. Um, I'm going to say they cover the spread. It's going to be something like 31 to 14. Oh wow, I like it. I like it. Gotcha. What do you got for Josh Allen? Got Josh Allen with uh. I'm going to say 285, two touchdowns in the air. I'm going to say um, Motor has a touchdown on the ground. And I'm going to say that uh, one of those reception TDs are, is actually going to go to Nax. Love it. Uh, that's pretty much our show. Do you want to you you take us out? 
Yeah, I apologize to everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> I really don't apologize because I'm passionate about this theme and I love it. Well, no, because the fact is for years and because I, I still see comments coming in saying like, hey, relax. 15 years ago, we were praying for this. Yeah, we were praying for this. But now that it's here, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take advantage of it. I don't want to take it for granted. I, right. I want this team to make it happen. In the 90s, there were four Super Bowls that we didn't win. Four. I don't want to hear from Dolphins fans anymore. I don't want to hear from Jets fans anymore. I don't want to hear from Patriots fans anymore. It's t- the Patriots are in play. If the playoffs started, to- okay, let's get out of here. Joe got to go. He got to rest. He had a long day of travel. I'm about to eat a cheeseburger I made. Let's get it. Listen, <laughs> we love y'all. It's the Hump Day Hotline. Um, <laughs> make sure you check out all the shows we have coming up this week. My man Colt has a great show coming up tomorrow. And then he's going to follow up with another great show with my man, big Jerry O and Sarah Larson with the three man rush. Um, there's so many shows now. I can't even, um, I, I can't run them all off, which is a good thing. Shout out to the Buffalo rumblings family. Y'all know how we do it over here. This ain't Dakota conduct, but love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always stay positive, test negative, go bills, go bills.